Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. The Six Nations on the Left Wing Podcast. We can either learn from this or not learn from it, so obviously we're going to learn from it. Um, it's not a nice feeling being on that in the dressing room after losing like that. The first half, I'm not sure I've seen a worse first half of rugby from an Irish team in a very long time. Hello and welcome to The Left Wing. I'm Sinead Kassan. Well, that was a pretty sobering opening Women's Six Nations defeat for Ireland. They were simply overpowered by Wales, especially in a devastating first half of Cardiff's Cardiff Arms Park where Wales had the bonus point wrapped up by half time. it finished 31-5 uh, Ireland captain Nicola Friday got a second half try to at least get Ireland on the scoreboard to go through that game I'm joined by former Ireland flanker Anna Capelis and Ali Donnelly of scrumqueens.com first of all Anna was that defeat coming or a defeat like that coming I should say I know we spoke on Thursday there was a lot of unknowns about this Ireland team and where they were but was something like this on the cards against this Wales team or were you surprised by it? I think you could say that, yeah, it was on the cards um, because on paper, when you look at how many full-time players Wales has, how long they've been in that programme compared to Ireland, yeah, that's that's, um, there's a big difference there. So it it showed on the scorecard. But there's always hope. And, you know, when we spoke last week, we we were unsure and what we were hoping for were for things to go right for Ireland, like for things to click Maybe not even win, but for things to go well. And some signs, I think. You know, you want to see some signs. Yeah, and we got very few. And I know we're all feeling a bit deflated after the weekend, like I certainly am. And I can't imagine how the the players must be feeling, you know. So um, big awakening, very disappointing. And um, we'll see where they go from here. I think we can take a little bit of comfort in the fact that the girls who we know perform so well and are playing so well in their clubs and, you know, have a lot of rugby experience to offer. They didn't play well on Saturday and they'll be the first ones to admit that, you know, there's no shying away from that and there's no pointing fingers. Like I know that those girls will be like, I need to be better. I will do better. So at least we can look forward to them, you know, a game under their belt, right. What do they need to do now? I think that's, I, I don't think we'll see them perform as bad as that again. Um, and that's that's what I, I hope for, and I, I, I believe so. Yeah, that's the thing, Ali. I mean, we knew the number of inexperienced young players that were coming in there. 
Yeah, I don't think the loss uh, was a surprise. I do think the manner of the loss was very disappointing. The first half, I'm not sure I've seen a worse first half of rugby from an Irish team in a very long time. And yes, things picked up in the second half. There was some rationale for that. They had wind behind them and, and Wales had obviously taken their foot off the gas a bit. But that was just very disappointing. I do think some of the experienced players did step up. Sam Monaghan, I thought, played very well um, and, and and a few others. But I think it's there's no quick fix now. France coming you know, to, to Ireland this week, it's not going to be easy. They, they weren't brilliant themselves at the weekend. But I think just overriding senses of disappointment because I think if you if you 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 can add all the mitigation in you want but there were times in the first half where Ireland looked lost defensively they switched off several times that Kira Bevan try was a try that no international team should be conceding in and around their post there was just no organization so those are the things that are slightly perplexing you can be beaten by a better team but to look quite lost for 40 minutes I think is just really disappointing yeah, and I mean, we knew Wales were going to get better. We knew that would happen. They're into the second year of the pro contracts. Their players play in the Prem 15s. But we also assumed that Ireland would get better. You know, they have so many experienced players. You know, you did have a debutant prop there in, in the front row. But did Ar- Saturday's performance show that Ireland are going backwards? It certainly felt like that, yeah, when we were watching it. Um And it was interesting, like I was listening to um the, the commentary um the the Welsh commentary and like uh, Philippa Tutiet was speaking about their contracts, about the Welsh contracts. And um, she was asked, you know, how does this feel for Wales after losing here um, to Ireland two years ago um, to such in, in such a big scoreline, kind of a similar scoreline to what we saw on Saturday, that they've turned it around completely. And she was like, yeah, I'm so happy because the girls really deserve this. And I was like, yeah, she's right. And Wales really do deserve it. But Ireland deserve it too. And, you know, to to, to kind of sit there and watch, you know, and, and I was delighted for Wales. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for the girls that I've seen them put in that work. And I know what they went through to get those contracts and everything like and fair play, like it's really paying off. And we'll see for the rest of the tournament where, you know, how, how they kind of follow up on Saturday's performance. But you're right, like for Ireland... You know, if we're this far behind, we don't need to be, we're already have, you know, fewer contracted players. We already have fewer kind of um, uh, goals met. We need to be doing double. If we're this far behind, we need to be doing more. We need to be doing more than the other teams. How, to, how do you mean, like, in, in, like, how do you mean? I mean, and obviously, like, the the, the end of the premiership is is, is is coming up in the next few months. They have to make sure that they do everything they can to get those players contracted to Ireland. The ones bring them back. Yeah, bring them back or facilitate a way for them to play in the Prem and somehow, I don't know, whatever blocks of the year it takes, but also the players based in Ireland. I mean, if you look at the England-Scotland game, there was an under-20s game organised for right after that. And that's obviously not a tournament. So that was set up by the unions themselves. Okay, we'll bring an under-20s team if you bring an under... It's almost as easy as like, you know, the under-15s are going down. We'll bring an under-13 team too. Do do you have another... That's what it kind of feels like, that they had an under-20s game afterwards. Why aren't we doing this as well? Why is, you know, Sive Horgan, like, you know, fair play to her. It was so hard for her. She's 18 
why isn't why aren't we watching her in an under 20s game going that prop is going to be brilliant for Ireland in a few years but instead we're watching her come in against you know a fully professional outfit and you know she it was a really really tough like baptism of fire for her like she needs more playing experience Ali what you reckon yeah, I think two things were really clear to me at the weekend that maybe weren't, they were a little bit blurry when we spoke last week, but now they're they're pretty sharp. One is <clears throat> the pace of change in women's rugby over the last two to four years is equal to the previous 10 to 15 years. So the way in which Wales have moved on since two years ago, you know, is, is equal to years and years in the past. And investment, money, time together, the English League, all those things have done that. We stayed still for a bit of that time and we, we've now started to move forward, but we, we're quite far behind. And I think you could see that. I mean, the other thing I'd say is we all knew, we all know the English league is the best league in the world. France might disagree. Their, their league is pretty good too. You can tell that our girls are not getting the level of competition week in, week out that is needed to compete at this level now. Now, I, I don't personally think it's sustainable for the WRU forever to be happy for all their players to be playing outside of Wales. But they are right now, and you can see the difference that that makes. And no disrespect to the All Ireland League, but it's not a patch on it. We have a way too short interprovincial series, an imbalanced lopsided AIL. These are things we've known about for a long, long time. And I think it just it was just very sharply came into focus at the weekend. And, and you know, yes, Wales have been training together for longer. They're bigger, they're fitter, they're stronger. But there are fundamental challenges that we still haven't gotten right in Ireland that are, are actually going to, you know, look e- make, make things even tougher because people are just moving on at a pace that we've not really seen before. Yeah. So, I mean, they are the bigger and wider issues, but if we bring it back to the areas that the Irish management team can almost uh, control. So just on the game, like Wales had four tries scored by half time, a few of those coming off the line at Mall. We know that is their weapon of choice. We knew this was coming. Ireland just couldn't cope with it. 26 nil down at halftime. Greg McWilliam said afterwards that there was a shock, a sense of shock among the players with what they had just gone through. Um, you know, I, there was a lot of focus as well on the absence of sevens players, but Mac Williams, you know, before the game, Mac Williams said afterwards that he could have had all, the, you know, the sevens players in the world in the back line and it wouldn't have made a difference because they lost the game up front. You know, so the Wales power game, they're scum, they're maul, they're tackling on a different plane entirely to Ireland. But what could the Ireland management, like, was what could they have controlled better coming into this game, um, Ali, do you feel? You know, were, were, cause did they look sufficiently prepared on Saturday? Look, they certainly didn't look as physically uh, competitive or strong as Wales. And some of that you can say, fair enough, a team in an 18-month full-time programme. I was speaking to Lynn Cantwell recently and she had taken South Africa over to play training match against Wales just before they headed off to this test series they're playing in. And she said, I've not seen a Welsh team this, you know, they look extremely strong physically. And so I, I think, you know, th- there's not much you can, you know, you're just, we're smaller. <laughs> um, but but I think, yeah, like to see us being shut, the first scrum, I mean, I always oh. my hand over my face because I think we just weren't set up for it. I, I, I do think picking at the 18-year-old, it's, it's not this, I know people are saying, well, it's picked a 19-year-old. That's a 19-year-old, 17-stone 19-year-old. Completely different. Who, yeah, yeah, who's playing in the Premiership, uh, has been playing at a, a really high level for a few years. And it just looked a bit like girls against women, uh, for, for want of a better phrase. So I, I think there's, you know, there, there's something about how do we get the sort of strength and conditioning to a point where we're able to physically compete. But also I think there's some questions about selection. Should we yeah. have picked an inexperienced 18-year-old 
uh, Lou said up you know the team was picked before we saw the Welsh team but that, I, I don't know what that experience will have done for her it will either have improved her and sharpened her mind or have knocked her confidence I think when we saw the bench come on I think that you know we probably need to change our halfbacks next week um, you know, I think um, Derval was really good when she came on. Where's she going to play? I do think, I, I don't know if you guys felt this during the second half. I had to, I was watching the game on television. I had to pause the game twice to work out where people were playing. Where I they were positioned, yeah. yeah. That at international level, yes, you can be versatile, but come on. Like who was playing nine at one point? I didn't know. I didn't know who was on the wing. I had to like pause the front row to see who was in there. So I, I'm not sure that, you know, really showcase the best of our kind of selection decisions because it just looked a bit haphazard. Yeah. Greg McWilliams did say after that everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong, like in terms of injuries, but perhaps it could have been managed better. But I mean, I think the Sive McGrath um, selection, you know, McWilliams said like he wasn't going to sugarcoat the fact after that she had a tough start. I mean, you mentioned, you know, that scrum after two minutes. I mean, the biggest red flag. They did win that scrum actually just before halftime and the players did celebrate that. But coming up against Cecilia Tuopolotu, I was actually staying in the same hotel as the Wales uh, team on the Friday night. Wasn't the lift with two Pelosi at one stage. She is a unit. I mean, we knew her talent was mapped. Like putting McGrath in there, like was never going to work out. And a really, I mean, she was she was dropped in there, and you know, it was always going to be a culture shock for her. Yeah, and like I don't. Why couldn't she have come off the bench? You know, and if you were start and Linda move across, like yeah, yeah, that would... yeah, because yeah, they shuffled around and like Linda's well able to to cover both positions. Um, I would have liked to have seen. I think it would have been more exciting for us to have a, a young prop like her coming off the bench. You know, and give her as much time as you want, but let the game settle first and let the scrum settle and let us see how it was going. And then she can come into it. There's no harm in that. You know, if you really believe in a young player, you know, give give her the chance to come off the bench. Usually that's kind of the natural progression. And if she's stand out and we're all like, wow, you know, she needs to start next week, then that's fine. But, you know, for, for her to have started, it, it was... Yeah. So you saw you saw yourself uh, how how much of a, a player um, Cecilia is like in, in person. It goes back, doesn't it, though, to, you know, let's talk about Zive. It goes back to what I was saying earlier about the quality of competition that we, the girls are getting exposure to before test level. I think we were maybe all a little deluded, frankly, about the Celtic challenge. That was the other kind of sharp realisation for me at the weekend. I don't think Wales played many of those girls you saw, if any, at the weekend. And that whereas I think they're we kind their of, clubs, yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of convinced ourselves that maybe winning that meant we were onto something here, whereas actually it was sort of BC level test rugby. And so, you know, so it's it's just a different pathway. I mean, you talk about pathways to come out your ears, it's not very exciting for a podcast, but she's come out a different pathway and one that clearly just hadn't readied her for that stage. Yeah, no. And um, well, just after the game, I had a quick word with uh, the young Ireland centre, Aoife Dalton, who was making her Six, Six Nations debut at the weekend. Have a listen. Yeah, like there's not really much you can say. Um, like we were twenty six nil down at halftime, and we kind of at halftime we just said, "Look, we have to go out and show a bit of character here." Now it's not easy, but uh, yeah, like it was tough, obviously. But um, when you have a loss like that, you can either just try build on it or just take it. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely try get better for next week. Greg was just saying there he wasn't expecting the the physicality, that level of physicality that came from Wales there today. Was it a surprise to you? Uh, yeah, I don't think we expected it either. Like, 
the first 25 minutes we were just blown away at the breakdown and then silly penalties cost us tries and all of a sudden like after 20 minutes we were three scores down so yeah we were definitely a bit shell-shocked I think but uh you know there's not much you can say I suppose of course and what was it like in the dressing room then because it was an improved performance in the second half so what was said in the dressing room by Greg and his team then uh like Greg just said like we can either learn from this or not learn from it so obviously we're gonna learn from it um it's not a nice feeling being on that in the dressing room after losing like that but um I think we did improve a bit in the second half um it was five all so and we had yellow card as well so we were 14 people for a while 14 players for a while um but yeah and of course your kind of six nations uh debut what will obviously it's it, you know a harsh harsh uh six nations debut as well for you you know some tough lessons for for all of the players out there today yeah definitely but um i think we all know as a squad like this is the journey we're on and you know it's the start of it so Obviously, you have to kind of go through this part of it. It's not going to be, it's not going to all come together straight away. And like that Welsh side are extremely physical. Like they did really well in the World Cup in November and we weren't there. So I think like they definitely showed their class today. But they, again, like this is the start of our journey. Um, so we just have to take it. Yeah, are they almost the benchmark now? Because we kind of knew that they were ahead in their progression compared to Ireland and where you are at the moment. Are they almost the benchmark mark in terms of how it can be turned around um, for a team? Yeah, definitely. Like they, I think they came third in last year's Six Nations and like then they went on, I think they got to a quarterfinal in a World Cup. Like So I think that's like half a year they turned it around. So obviously we've got a few new caps in the squad and like there's a few players like me we've only three or four caps like so like we're just gonna have to learn from it I suppose and try to get to where they are. France coming up next it really doesn't get much easier for you is it going to be what will the confidence be like after that now and is it almost going to take a while to get that out of your system ahead of what's coming next weekend? Yeah I think we know what we need to work on now in camp like um I think this week's big focus down in Musgrave, it's our home game, like, and home ad- everyone talks about home advantage and just want to put on a performance for everyone travelling down. And if we're to look at any kind of positives, did you see anything in the way Ireland performed that they can build on, that they can improve on as the tournament goes on? Yeah, I actually really liked, um, they had a couple of phases in the first half where it looked like they were kind of putting the foot on the gas and they used two lines of attack really nicely, which I think I haven't really seen Ireland use much before, like really quickly, effectively, like putting it out the back um, and having two options. And the more they use that, the harder it becomes to defend. Because if you're, you know, what it looks like they were doing was hitting the players out the back so if you're, you know, whoever you're playing against, the defense becomes accustomed to that, they might overstep and suddenly your short ball is on to hit a, to hit um, the first option. So I really liked that. It seemed like they had a lot of options, but that really eroded quite quickly and they were kind of left with really stagnant and like, and kind of holding back and they those options ran out like really quickly. But the glimpse of it that I saw, I liked and I was like, yes, okay, this is something we can use. So... Um, I'd like to see that from them a bit more because they obviously have it. And then I want to see players get into it a little bit more. Like um, Ireland last year made the most 
offensive tackles of any team. And they didn't make any on Saturday, which is, you know, they obviously they were slightly off the mark and, 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 you know, let's, let's um, give them the benefit of the doubt. And like, I'd like to see a bit more big kind of big hits in defense. Cause we have the players make the big hits in defense. That's such a big moment, you know, and like win a few more small moments like that around the pitch and it can change how you're feeling as a team. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there were some individual bright sparks as well. I thought Dorothy Wall, Sam Monaghan, uh, we're, we're pretty good in the car on the carrying um, front for us. I thought off the bench, I mentioned Darvel already. I think Dan O'Brien should start. Um, she just gave us a little bit more control. That lovely lean back, you know, she seems to be able to put the ball anywhere on. But we ha- we haven't had a, a you know a kicker like that in in a, in a while from hand in the Irish team. So I'd like to see her. I think you know we're talking about a team that is physically going to be maybe smaller than many of the teams we're going to play. So we're going to have to play that style of kind of quick rugby. But the problem we had was we couldn't retain the ball enough. And so that made it difficult. But I think there were, like the second half, the, I'm sure the coaches will be saying it was five all second half. Um, and and that, that was good. Yes, Wales brought their whole bench on, etc. But that was something to build on, I think. Um, so yeah, some some positives. But overall, you know, it's not going to get any easier. Yeah, um, Ali, France did manage uh, to get the win, but they did kind of struggle to shake off uh, Italy at uh, 22-12. And of course, they're up next for Ireland at Musgrave Park um, at 2.15 kickoff on Saturday. What are we going to expect to hear from France? Well, their scrum was phenomenal yeah. against Italy. So I think that's an area. I mean, and presumably Ireland will be really focusing hard on that this week, yeah. whatever combination that they pick. Um, yeah, I mean, fr- France were good. They weren't exceptionally good in any area. I think Gabby Verney is just a brilliant centre and she, you know, she got them out of trouble a few times. And I thought Italy, look, Italy are a really good team, always, always underestimated. And I think it's because when people think of Italy, they think of the men's team and they think traditionally bottom of the table. That's not the case for the Italian women's team. They were very good for a team who've lost so much experience and talent. So France coming to Cork, yeah, it's not going to be easy that one. But I think Ireland will have to get their set piece right because they have some beasts in there. Forlani is a giant in the second row. Their their props are very experienced. And so I think um, we've got to get some kind of parity there or we'll just go nowhere. Yeah. And so what, what's it going to be like for for the players? You know what it's like, you know, in a camp. So losing their first game, you know, it's the second year in a row now that they've lost their opening game of the Women's Six Nations. Um, and obviously the WXV, you know, top tier of that looks looks gone now for Ireland, unless there's going to be, you know, other kind of surprise results. So what is it going to be like for them now this week? You don't have much time to be feeling sorry for yourself anyway, that's for sure. So straight back in they need to really focus on themselves and not do too much homework on France I think because France were a little bit all over the place and I I think that they you know similar to Ireland will play better this weekend they'll connect a little bit better depending on the weather (laughs) it was like it was absolutely pouring rain and there were a lot of handling errors um, in that game which was like which was frustrating and uncharacteristic for France, um, who usually have, you know, just such slick hands. So I think they'll be they'll be expecting to kind of connect a bit better. So Ireland needs to just, you know, focus on their own job, um, decide what team they're going with early in the week and and then know their roles and just kind of take their confidence from that. So when they arrive to the match on Saturday, they know, OK, we've done all the work we can. This is where we're at. Um, time to go no time for like feeling sorry for ourselves or heads down like just big big game put everything into it because we, we've we, we we have to they've no choice they've got to just 
inject everything they have into into this week and, and Saturday's performance. And, and you make a good point there on the team. I don't think the players actually knew until the Wednesday night because I, I saw Saif McGrath do a kind of a video interview with the RFU and she was, you know, really surprised that she was starting, which was incredible, really. I know they're not going to, you know, but surely they should have got some indication earlier that this was going to be on the card. So that was uh, a bit of a surprise. Like, is that, is that usually the way it goes that it would be so late in the week? No, but I think they travelled earlier than what we usually would. But that seems weird to me that I I know that um, some players didn't know that they weren't in the squad. So some were travelling reserves, but they only found out after they arrived. That they weren't Um, in the matchday squad. Yes. So they obviously travelled. They obviously knew we're going to bring X many players and we'll announce the team over there. So that's very unnerving, like traveling, you know, you're saying to your family even, okay, I'm going to Wales, yay, and you're probably, your family really excited for you, and then you have to text them to say, oh, I'm actually not playing, like that's, that's very tough, so it's obviously a new way that they're trying to do things, because they went earlier, I feel like they traveled earlier than what we normally would. Yeah, they went over to, uh, they flew to Bristol actually on the Wednesday and then travelled down uh, from there down to Cardiff. But I mean, I think it was like Giovanni Trapattoni, like he, he, the former Republic of Ireland manager, he used to give no indication whatsoever to players that they were playing. I, it's just like for somebody young like Sive McGrath, she genuinely looks so shocked that she had just been named in like in the starting 15. So I don't know if that's a regular procedure or not. So well, odd, isn't it? Because surely you would, she would have been the, 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 the key front row in training that week. Training. She would have been in the combinations. Yeah, that is a bit strange. So what way are we looking at? So Grace Gunn is name his team on Thursday. Um, so are we, so you, you reckon they should change their halfback partnership, um, Ali? Yeah, I mean, I just don't know. I think Dan O'Brien should start. I think she looks, uh, yeah. No disrespect to Nicole. He's, he's a really good ten. In fact, them for the bit for the five ten minutes, they were not. They were the nine and ten. Uh, that was that looked quite like a good partnership. Yeah. But then it changed yeah. again a couple of minutes later. Look, I think Dan O'Brien is the future at ten, and so it's 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 different to playing in the front row. She's already made her debut anyway. Get her in there for the next ten years. You know, whatever it takes. Just get just get her in there. Get her experience. The championship is obviously gone. Um, I think, you know, most people now expect Ireland to finish bottom. I can't see where a win's going to come from. I know that sounds really negative, but they're not, they're not going to beat France this weekend. You know, where, where we can, if we know that there are players who are going to be in the team for the long run, get them in there. Yeah, Anna, you know, this weekend, what, what are you expecting? I think with their backs against the wall, I think I will be happier with a, with a, a better performance for them. I think they're going to perform a bit better um, but they have to get like their defense. They just have to get some kind of belief in their defense, um, and just you know to, to slow France down and still be in a com- uh, in a competition with them by half time would be a good. I'd be really happy with that, and like I think then often as it usually does, like in the second half and the last twenty minutes, a team like France or England like pulls away, and 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 you know Ireland starts to tire and all the rest. So um, if we can kind of keep in it for the first half more positive. And I feel like that's what's coming for them. I feel like that often Ireland do things like that where we'd underperform and then perform the following week where everyone's like, oh, where was this last week? But it's all part of the journey. And we're talking about, you know, the the the, the positional changes and stuff. And we also spoke last week about the fact that Ireland didn't have a match to warm up. That's they're the things that should have been happening in that warm-up game. 
that would have made us more settled for Saturday, maybe. Now we've had a game. I think we can have a bit slightly more settled, slightly more controlled performance from Ireland. They also know where they are, right? We said last week, we kept laughing and saying, we didn't know how this was going to go or how the games are going to go. Now we know and they yeah. know. They're quite far off the boil. That's fine. At least they know that. And then they can build from here. Okay, well, we'll see how it'll go uh, this weekend. But for now, Anna and Ali, thanks a million for joining me. Thanks, Sinead. My thanks again to Anna Capelis and Ali Donnelly for joining me. Will and Luke will be back on Wednesday with another episode of The Left Wing. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. The Six Nations on The Left Wing Podcast. Rate, review and follow the show on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast.